Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, just as we promised, we're stepping it up to two a week. Uh, so we had some really good episodes coming out here recently, and we got a whole bunch more stuff scheduled for the future. But tell me, man, how's your week been going? Hectic. You know, it's been uh, still just trying to get used to this whole, like, living in a house and then working in the same house. So <laughs> just between that and, um, you know, a lot of I've had a lot of uh, podcast listeners over the last few weeks call in. Um, other customers and shops and things like that. So, you know, just trying to get a basic understanding of, you know, their, what they're experiencing, you know, and uh, it's uh, yeah, we're, we're not the only ones in this. This is a you know nationwide thing. And uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm lucky to still be doing what I enjoy to do just uh, with a different atmosphere. <laughs> so <laughs> you said it there, man. Yeah. Speaking of enjoying things, uh, one of the things I know you've been enjoying is driving around that Cummins with the new Easy Link tuning on there. Uh, I know our buddy Tim Mahoney has had the truck here recently, but you've driven it with Easy Link on there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I tell any any of the customers that call in, you know, whether you were to work off any of our platforms, you know, MM3, EFI, or Easy Link, you're getting the same quality calibration. So what calibrated power actually does, um, just the convenience and ease of hardware and, and how you want to load those files on. And there's no secret, Easy Link is definitely gaining a lot of popularity uh, for 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 good for good reasons. You know, um, having everything work off of your cell phone for the flashing protocol, it's easier to communicate with the tuner that does the tuning on your truck diagnostics and and things of that such make life a lot easier because you don't no longer have to use a computer everything is done through the smartphone so um i've had easy link on the truck for about a year now so i know that we've kind of kept that secret as far as what goes on over at calibrated but uh it's exciting to see that platform kind of uh unfold and, and go live and you know get some feedback from some of the guys that were early adopters and uh you know caveat with that you know then we have some testing on those on that truck for turbochargers. So, um, you know, we have our, the five, nine turbos, which have been super popular for us over at calibrated. And we figured now would be a good time to incorporate a six, seven base turbo as a stealth drop in. Um, so not only has the truck been a test bed for the easy link flashing, but now it's also a test bed for a new single turbocharger upgrade for, uh, any of the guys out there that might be interested in that. So it's been really cool. I am so excited for this turbo. <laughs> um, yeah. This has been definitely our most requested platform is that fourth gen Cummins, those those six sevens. Uh, that's really guys from the factory had some issues, <clears throat> right? So everybody's looking for an upgraded replacement turbo, something that's going to be more reliable, still spool up really quick. And, you know, hey, as long as you're upgrading the turbo, you might as well get a little more top end power with it. And that's really exactly what that stealth line is all about. So I know this is going to be uh, a very popular product. We are in the final stages of testing. As soon as there's a release date, we'll make an announcement over on the Facebook page at DuramaxTuner.com. And of course, Chris and I will be talking about it here on the show. Um, speaking of the show, last week, we I, I had a great episode. Now, Chris, you weren't able to join us for the uh, interview portion of that. Guys, I know it might have been a little clunky of a transition from Chris and I talking to all of a sudden me and uh, myself and Ben Evers from Farm Focus were talking. Uh, we're working on that. You know, it's a, it's a new environment for all of us. So we're kind of figuring out the best way to put the show together. Uh, but what I thought was really cool is if you stuck with us through that clunky transition, you got to hear from a guy who's boots on the ground at a farm, working with farmers, doing tractor tuning damn near every day. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, he's Ben is definitely uh, very, you know, uh, very forward in, in, in progression with ag tuning and, uh, you know, has a lot of really quality connections and things that he's done in his business over there in Nebraska over the years. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of unique things that he talks about as far as, you know, the tractor tuning, what's safe, what's not safe, what kind of power up rates could be potentially going on and how he builds that rapport with the guys he works with. Absolutely. Also, I know we don't to really talking about, hey, not every farmer out there is going to need tractor tuning. Who are the guys who this is going to benefit right. the most? What what group of farmer, what type of farmer is really going to see this investment pay off? Uh, so if you guys are interested in that, make right. sure you go back to last week's episode with Ben Evers from Farm Focus. Listen to that show. We had a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, and Chris, another place that our fans can go is fans of Diesel Performance Podcast, 
Facebook group. Yeah, and it seems like, uh, Paul, you've been uh, stirring up some uh, some good topics where guys are starting to engage simply because people like to talk about their trucks, you know, and the podcast was kind of built off of that in our early stages. We used to do a lot of listener rides and, you know, uh, a lot of just like random builds that would come our way. And we thought, why not go back to our roots as we're trying to ramp up two episodes a week, start getting listeners in on this and talk about their builds and talk about things that they have done and their experience in diesel performance and kind of give an opportunity for, you know, you and I to stop talking about our experience in diesel performance. <laughs> so um, it's, it's a really cool opportunity. I think, you know, we, I get calls probably on a daily basis, I would say, or if not every day, it's every other day where a guy's like, Hey, I listened to you on the podcast. Here's what I got going on. Well, those should be spun off into episodes. I feel there's a lot of good quality content there uh, for you know potential episodes or just the truck build itself. Maybe some stuff that we don't actually specialize in or see every day. That's right, man. This is a diesel performance show for diesel performance guys by diesel performance guys. Uh, we started uh, absolutely right, Chris. We started this uh, being in the, the Facebook groups, being on the forums, begging, begging people to come on the show, trying to explain to them what a podcast actually was. Uh, and things of that nature. Right. I don't know how many people I had to explain what a podcast is. Uh, and <laughs> it, it's it's awesome to be able to go back now and put up a post in our group and have such an overwhelming response. I really just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Uh, you guys really stepped up in a huge way. It, it's great to hear that we have that type of passion and and that many people out there who who listen to the show and who want to contribute, who want to be a part of it. Uh, I would say along with all of that, um, as previously noted, I am trying to figure this technology out, guys. Um, I, I'm I'm not a super tech savvy guy. Uh, I kind of wing it as as much as the rest of us. Uh, so we're we're, we're going to have a few challenges. I know uh, we we had a really excited listener guest this morning uh, who I had to reschedule, but no big deal. Uh, I got a couple of backups in place. We already got some new equipment in place. We are 100% going to make this happen. Uh, so if you've already signed up, don't worry. I'll be following up with you with instructions of how we're going to put the show together. And uh, we're going to I think this is going to be big. I think people are going to really like this. Uh, speaking of things that I know. Well, go ahead, really Chris, cool. please. What, no, what I was going to say is what's also cool is not only do you and I support these ideas and come up with these crazy things, but so do our sponsors. Our sponsors back us and support us in these decisions. So, you know, shout out to Exergy Performance, I'd say, for starters. Right, Paul? Hundred percent, absolutely, yeah. Exergy Performance and WC Fab. Uh, without them, this show would be really, really tough to do, guys. Uh, if not impossible. So, so huge shout out to them. They're going to be stepping up and and helping us produce some content here in the in the near future. So, look forward to hearing from some of the guys over at Exergy and some of the guys from WC Fab. Uh, I did just notice. Speaking of Exergy, I saw some really cool footage, and I know it's already old. This post is from. Shit from from middle Levon of, Miller's page back March. in the middle of March, um, but man, they had some shots of their pro mod uh, with the wind at the ODSS opener, four thirty six at one hundred and seventy three, four twenty eight at one hundred and sixty nine miles an hour in the semifinals, uh, and, and then a, a hey man, my heart always breaks whenever I see a crash in the finals, but I I get it, uh, they they got the win there, but yeah really really cool stuff you guys if you listen to this show you probably know who levon miller is you certainly know who firepunk diesel is and you know that they run extra performance fuel systems period hands down no questions asked so went over at that camp for sure and then the other sponsor of course wc fab paul did you see that they just released a coolant uh a coolant tank uh for like the l5p duramax did you see that? it looks so cool it's a really really nice you know, an additional upgrade to really pretty up the engine bay. You know, it, it's a coolant tank that has the low coolant level sensor. It has a billet anodized cap, overflow hose, coolant levels, uh, sight glass, so you can actually see the coolant itself, uh, powder coated to your, you know, color of choice. So if you do like one of their L5P bundle kits uh, with the coolant hose and things like that, you'll be able to have the coolant tank to match. Um, and they, you know, they... It, essentially fits right into the OEM, you know, uh, placement. So, you know, if you're looking to, once again, modify some more stuff on the L5P and, uh, you know, get some more bling, if you will, under the hood, you know, that's a really, really, really cool product that you could add 
and it's fairly affordable. I mean, you got to think about that. You know, what do you get for putting up the engine bay and making things more functional and not have to break the bank in the mix? 100% correct. I, I really love um, totally non-functional parts when we upgrade them on our trucks. I really, really do. <laughs> because, you're, listen, you're not going to make more power. Your truck's not going to run at a, a lower coolant level because you ran – you know, this awesome looking coolant tank, it's literally just going to be when you pop the hood, you look at it and you know, like, I made the right choice. It, it looks fucking good. And that's it. That's well, what it's, it's for. It's complimentary. Yeah. Yeah, it complements everything else. You know, when you have a factory coolant hose and you have, you know, uh, maybe, you know, the the air intake and the intercooler pipe, you know, adding in those added components like the coolant hose or the coolant tank, it just, it sets a tone when you pop the hood. Totally Simple agree. as that. Not having half the factory components there and then half this cool bling, nice, vibrant, powder-coated, <laughs> fresh stuff under the hood. So it, it's I love nice. it. Well, Chris, you know, it's time for our favorite part of the show. We have a really special uh, segment set up for today, something that we we haven't really done this before. Uh, we were kind of talking about different podcast topics and ideas and what can we do for a show. And it, it kind of came up. Well, what about guys who are going out and looking at 2019 trucks? Uh, yes, we know there's some caveats here that, that some of the generations and some of the options changed come 2020. But right now, there's a lot of 2019 trucks still on the lot or 2019 freshly used low mile trucks still yeah. on the lot. They're probably a really big seller, especially in today's economy. Um, so we thought, hey, man, well, yeah. shit, you've driven the 2019 Cummins Dooley at work. I don't know, a million times. Uh sitting in my driveway Nick, right now. Nick Pregnitz has more miles on an L5P than anyone else I know. And Tim Mahoney uh, from our R&D and right. tuning department, he drives a 2019 Power Stroke on the daily. Why don't we get the three of you on the show together and let's talk about here's what some of the benefits are. Here's where some of the weak points are. This is what these 2019 trucks look like. And we'll leave it up to the listeners to decide what they want to go get for themselves. All right, guys, it's time for our favorite part of the show. Uh, this is where Calibrated Power sponsors our special guest. And this week, it's Calibrated Power, our special guest, Nick Pregnitz and Tim Mahoney. Uh, Nick, how the hell are you? I'm special, man. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> uh, Nick, you're a regular on the show. And Tim, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. Just just plugging along and enjoying the nice scenic view here. Chris, you know, we've we've had both of these guys on the show. Clearly, Nick has been on a few more times than Tim. Uh, usually we have our guests tell us about their their background in diesel performance. Chris, what do you think today? Could you tell our listeners about Nick's background in diesel performance? I don't know, man. I don't think he has the credibility to be on here personally, Paul. <laughs> oh, can, I, can I mute him remotely? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you think of Calibrated Power, Duramax Tuner, I, I would say he's one of the last kind of founders in the diesel tuning. You know, when you think of the old forum days and EFI Live days where diesel tuning was coming up, I mean, Nick was grinding it out in the forums amongst a lot of other, you know, great names in the industry. And, uh, you know, he's still around and still plugging away. So I'd say that that gives him all the credibility he needs. There you go. Uh, I'll do the rundown for Tim. Uh, Tim's been around racing, automotive performance, and going fast for a long, long time. Uh, Tim might be a little bit newer to the team over here at Calibrated Power just the last couple of years, uh, but he's been making a huge impact on our tuning and R&D side. So we're really glad to have Tim on, really glad to have Nick here. You two, uh, Tim and Nick, have been working together on a ton of R&D stuff here lately. Most recently, I think, you guys have been driving around and beating up on Chris Emke's truck, which I love to talk about. Uh, so, Tim, give us a little rundown, man. What have you been working on with Emke's Cummins? Yeah, so Chris's truck, um, we pulled the twins off of it. That, that's been on for, I don't know, man, three or four years now. A uh, really great setup with that. And we wanted to uh, kind of improve our, our drop-in stealth line and get a, a VE turbo out there. So, um we have our HE351VE on that truck right now and just kind of kind of getting our feet wet with it, getting it, getting it loose on the dyno and, and seeing what it's about and hopefully be able to deliver, you know, deliver a product to the consumers here in, in the next couple of months and, you know, get some miles on the truck and try not to do too many burnouts or hit too many curves with Christmas 22 <laughs> by 12, but, you know, 
Oh, I'm smiling so much right now. That makes me so happy. Um, <laughs> Nick, one of the other projects in the shop I know you've you've been directly involved with is the rocks or uh, the intercooler, the turbo, the water math. Give our listeners just a quick rundown. What does that project look like these days? Yeah, we've really been working on trying to get extra power to the Roxor in an economical fashion. Uh, the Roxor is a 2.5 liter common rail diesel. It looks just like a Jeep and it's got quite the popularity, quite the following lately. Uh, so we have established ourselves as a performance leader in the Roxor lineup with tuning uh, the RX41 turbocharger, the intercooler kit, and we've been tinkering around with some water meth injection on the truck to try and get the thing back to 200 horsepower um, economically. So, you know, that's been one of the things we've been working on. We've also been working on the EcoBoost uh, 3.5 liter quite a bit lately, uh, trying to get the E85 ironed out in a, a nice value-driven economical fashion for our uh, for our customers on the EcoBoost side. Had a lot of success with that. Uh, one of the things I count on Tim for is beating the snot out of stuff. So, you know, if, if, uh, if drivability is my slant, uh, Tim's slant is performance. So if if it doesn't perform, we're going to know about it with Tim driving it. And he's certainly been putting the EcoBoost in the rock store through the ringer lately on the dyno and on the street. Hell yeah. That's the stuff we like to hear. Uh, well, guys, listen, we are doing a special episode today. We're doing a 2019 truck podcast review. Uh, Chris, I know this is one that you're super excited about because you've been driving that 2019 Cummins uh, ever since they started putting your truck under the scalpel. Uh, yeah, you know, I think what I'm most excited about is it's it's amazing how many guys call into the shop over at Calibrated Power on a daily basis. And uh, they're, you know, everyone's in the market for a new truck. And, you know, we have access to all these trucks. So what do we think? Uh, it'll be nice to kind of give them a reference to this episode and, you know, moving forward to say, hey, I could tell you all the ins and outs, but maybe you need to listen to this episode as, uh, as a reference point to, to kind of, you know, weigh in your, your choice there. So. I'm excited for that alone. Sure. Absolutely. Now, Tim, you drive a 2019 Power Stroke, so we thought you'd be the perfect guy to come on and talk a little bit about that 2019 Power Stroke experience. And Nick, technically you drive the, the 2020 Denali, if I remember correctly, but but I think you have enough experience between the 2017 L5P to the 2020 L5P that you can speak at least somewhat intelligently about the 2019 option out there. Yeah, the 2017 L5P is pretty much the same as the 2019. Uh, the 2020, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, fans listening who are interested in what the 2020 offers as well, and I'll jump on that a little bit. But I also have a lot of seat time with the Ford and the Dodge. I think I can give your listeners a well-rounded glimpse of what it's like to drive the newer offerings. Yeah, I think I think all of you guys have gotten to drive all three trucks. Tim, my, my blind guess here is that you probably have the most experience behind the seat um, of driving these three trucks, considering kind of what your position is. Uh, why don't you jump in, man? Tell us about what that 2019 Power Stroke is like when you roll it off the factory showroom floor. Yeah, so the, uh, and I'll start, I guess, before I bought the Power Stroke, right? I was coming from an LML, had a couple of LMLs that have, have been tuned uh, tuned over the years and stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it's no secret that the GM in, you know, 2011 and stuff, the, the interior is kind of up to par. And then as we went on, no changes and stuff were made. And, um, you know, you get into the CP4 and those type of failures and wanting to make power and stuff. And I, I started leaning in and looking into the Fords and, to me, it was the the best bang for the buck all around uh, performer as far as, you know, not only making the most power, but getting in it, being comfortable, you know, heated AC seats, all that fun stuff. Um, so that's where that's where I really came about looking at the Ford and got the right deal on the truck. And um, I, I do think I tuned it with about 250 miles on it, though. But the truck did drive <laughs> awesome stock, uh, got some baselines and stuff like that. I, I, I want to say that the truck dynoed right around 390 to the rear tire. So, um, yeah, that was that was pretty much it stock. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to kick it around the horn. You want me to keep going with no, what well, we've done to it? Yeah, or? give me give me a little bit about the the exterior and the interior feel. So if somebody who maybe is just looking at a new truck and they don't know anything about performance, the first thing they go to look at on the lot is what is this thing like? Do you like the way the, the exterior of that 2019 Power Stroke looks? Yeah, definitely. I, I think the, you know, the 17 plus power strokes, they're, they're all really sharp. You start getting into, you know, the, the big LED headlights and stuff. And that's probably what drew, drew me to them initially. 
Um, you can fit a nice big tire on the, in there stock. Um, so I, I just have, a, it's a 20 by nine wheel on it, but it's got 35s on it now with stock height, doesn't rub or anything. So I um, like getting a little bit extra tire under there. Um, the truck just looks mean. It's got a, a meaner look to it, but that comes with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a stiffer ride. It's, it's not like the old Fords and stuff, but it, you can, you know, it definitely doesn't ride like a Duramax. That's where I'd say the one drawback, drawback of the Ford is. Um, Inside's awesome. It's got a, a decent sized screen in there as long as you stay out of the RAM. Um, and, and everything else as far as it's got, you know, Bluetooth, all the standard bells and whistles that you'd want in, in any truck nowadays, you know. Um, so it has all that. Um, performance wise, it's, it, it's a quick truck. It'll pull a trailer or pull a gooseneck. We pulled, uh, pulled two trucks to a couple sled pulls last year and to the drag strip and stuff. And, um, you know, all, all around there, it's, it's a really enjoyable truck to get in and drive. It's comfortable to take the family out, you know, nice and quiet, um, quiet on idle, not really shaky or anything like that. You know, uh, most guys wouldn't even know you're, you're driving the diesel if they, they were next to you at the light nowadays. Sure. Yeah. God, that's such a true story that they're not, you, you know, and, and we talk about this on the show pretty often that they're not the, your dad's or your grandpa's old smoky pig, right? These are refined, um, expensive pieces of machinery so we know guys really want to know the ins and outs and the details of what are some of the highlights and lowlights of these trucks uh chris kick us off with that 2019 cummins man what did you love about it from the factory what was it like when it was bone stock yeah i mean i think you know uh, the appeal there is uh 2019 they did a, a rehash on the interior they have a monstrous 12 inch screen uh, really good, you know, features for, you know, parking assist and uh, backup cameras and things like that. Um, you know, the gauge cluster, steering wheel, things like that, the controls, uh, a lot of the, just the overall functionality interior wise has been uh, refined from the fourth gens, which, you know, when you look at the 2013 to 2018 trucks, you know, uh, I think they're pretty top tier as far as uh, interior is concerned. Um, so I'd say, you know, it, interior wise that's a huge selling point exterior wise you know they really didn't do a whole lot uh, a lot of the same styling takes place uh they redid some of the bumper styling uh the headlights are definitely better if you get one of the the higher optioned out trucks um i personally like you know kind of like the newer uh styling of the front end of the truck um i'd say overall you know other than the front end um facelift you know the the trucks kind of look similar um when you get into like drivability of the truck, um, I would say if it's a 2500 versus a 2500, a lot of the same driving uh, drivability is going to be there. Uh, clunkiness in the RAM, there's no secret that's always kind of been a thing. Um, the truck that I've been driving has been one of the 3500 HO trucks. Um, so it has a little bit more power from the factory. Um, power delivery is fairly decent. Um, the Ace and Trans, they have some quirks in the defueling and some of the shift uh, shifting of gears. So I'm not the biggest fan of that, but, you know, overall, um, the truck itself, it's a really solid truck. It, you know, it tows really well. Uh, uh, there's, there's no secret that it probably has a little less power than some of the, the competition in, in 2019. Um, but I, I think as far as a Ram goes and a, and a Cummins engine goes, um, it's the most refined, um, but still probably feels more so as a truck uh, when you compare it to the other, the other two manufacturers. So. You know, I love what you said about the exterior. I feel like if you took the first generation Ram and the newest generation Ram and set them next to each other, like even a three-year-old could say like, oh yeah, there's probably just one truck missing between these two. Like there's only one missing link. Whereas if you took the first Duramax and the newest Duramax, it they look like almost totally different trucks altogether. Um, right. Nick, speaking of the Duramaxes, run us through it, man. What's this L5P all about when uh, when guys are just getting them stocked? The L5P is a solid performer, no doubt. Uh, the Duramax has always had a reputation as a as a strong running truck. Uh, it's got the Allison behind it, of course. In 19, that's the same. You got a six speed Allison behind it. In 2020, you get the 10 speed. I jump into that in a minute. But uh, you know, there's always a horsepower war between Ford and GM. <clears throat> and usually, GM releases their stats, and then Ford comes out and trumps their stats by 15 or 20 horsepower, whatever it is. And, you know, GM never really gets recognized as the horsepower king stock. But I will tell you, driving an L5P stock 2500 versus a Ford 2500 stock, 
you're looking at about a 500 pound difference between the trucks and the power delivery of the L5P, it almost reminds me of a, a gently tuned, like a toe tune LML. Um, very crisp on the throttle. Uh, the new turbocharger with that engine is snappier. So there's, there's more response. Um, and that's something that owners of diesel trucks have often complained about over the years is that the reaction isn't there when you compare a big block gas motor to a diesel. So the L5P, sure. I would say, is very snappy. Um, the new L5P, you know, if you're used to LMLs or you're used to LB7s or LBCs or whatever, um, the the towing, uh, is, as far as um, the ability to lug that engine is much stronger than it was on previous generations. So the L5P engine is much happier lugging from even 1100 RPM, which is something that, that usually the Dodge, you know, usually the, uh, sorry, the Ram, the Cummins platform is, is known for. Um, GM took a snipe at, at the Ram on this one and, and designed that new turbocharger setup to be responsive down low. Now, they also lowered the peak shift point about two or 300 RPM, but I would rather have that torque down low in a smooth platform um, that can lug. You know, I, think they, I think they did a nice thing uh, you know, by changing that turbocharger. When I say smooth, that the power delivery on the L5P, in my opinion, is smoother, so less... Uh, Less noise, vibration, and harshness than either of the other two. Not not by much on the Ford. Um, and, and I'm sure someone has the data somewhere that says, you know, this Ford is quieter than this L5P. And that might that might be true. Um, but it's definitely smoother than the than the Ram. And the ride quality of the truck, the GM offering is is with the independent front suspension, there's no comparison between the 2500 Ford and the 2500 GM. 2500 GM. The all, all else is equal. Tire pressure is equal. Um, the GM just rides nicer. It's less less work on the driver for long drives. Some, sometimes, you know, my family and I will drive seven or eight hours up north to my wife's parents' place. And if, I, if I'm picking a truck to go up north with, it's a GM. It's just less less work for me as a driver, less uh, less taxing to get beat up by the thing. Certainly nobody wants to drive a 3500 unloaded on that trip. But the 2500s, you know, if you buy that truck, it's what you're driving when you go on those long trips. So if you, you do that a lot and you're unloaded, you know, you probably want to consider that. I know the independent front suspension does not get a, a great name um, as far as looks and uh, as far as, you know, rugged truck look. But looks aside, the performance of the independent front suspension in the GM is, is very strong. It's tough to beat. Well, I got I got two um, things to reply back to you there real quick, Nick. Uh, one, uh, the yeah, independent right. front suspension definitely, I, I think, poked at from some of the other fanboys, right? Some some of the Ford fanboys and, and fanboys poke around about its level of reliability. Um, so can you speak to a little bit about that independent front suspension and, and what does it look like long term these these straight axle trucks? Yeah, I mean, if you're sled pulling, you're going to see memes about GM trucks with their tires pointed in and the tie rods broken, right? It's just, it's just what GMs do. Um, you know, and that certainly is the case if they're not set up right. And certainly is the case on the older trucks if they don't have tie rod sleeves. I will say these newer trucks seem to be a little stronger in the tie rod area. Uh, we sled pulled with the 17 and didn't have to upgrade the tie rods at all. Now, of course, we lowered the, the torsion bars and got the truck a little more level there for that, uh, you know, for that practice. But as far as parts longevity, I mean, you're going to be putting ball joints in and bushings and all the pieces and parts that go along with a front straight axle. I mean, if there's, if there's one brand out there that should never talk about front <laughs> suspension, it's brand owners. Um, I mean, get your checkbook out every 30,000 miles. Um, and not to throw stones, but it's just the damn truth. Um, and the, the GM, I would say... You get a lot more longevity out of it. Didn't you sell your your last Cummins to Chris right around thirty thousand miles? Yeah, that was the trick. That was, uh, <laughs> you know, that was part of the deal. In the front end, not rebuilt discount. Emke, <laughs> um, um, you want to take any swings at the L five P Duramax front end? No, it's a great truck. The exterior looks. I'm not going to throw stones. <laughs> Look at this, Chris on the I, I high think road. The is the, I think Chevy is the one that's got the most explaining to do for their front end. But, you know, style is, 
I don't know that it's worth talking about style on this thing. You know what I mean? It, it is what it is. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Um, I certainly like the way the 2020 GMC Denali looks, and I like the way all the all the GMCs look. That's just my my preference. All right. Um, I do want to say that factory options a little lacking on the GM side. It used to be that the Denali put the other marks, the other makes to shame, and now I would say that a Platinum and a Limited do have a stronger options package. The displays are nicer. Just the general intuitive feel of the control panels. Now I think. I think RAM is probably best. Ford isn't far behind, and GM is stuck in 2015. Oh my God, that is that feels like blasphemy, but I, I can't yeah. say I disagree. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I, I've spent a good amount of time in, in all of them. I would say um, a favorite interior, definitely. You know, I, I go with the Dodge and what Nick's saying there as far as GM lacking. Uh, the, the 2020 does get a lot better. Um, I would say it's, it's not complete. Um, you, you know, I, I think if you're looking for interior and comfort, you know, you got a, you got a strong choice between do you want cool options or you want a truck that rides really nice? You know, like Nick was saying, Hermax does, it does ride really nice. It has that going for it. Um, you know, and you kind of lean back over to the Ford and you, you got a, a, a really good riding truck in, in my eye, my eyes and, and my thought, but you know, you, you get away from from some of the other stuff, you know. The the GM, in my opinion, kind of rides like a, a Tahoe or, or whatnot, a smaller truck. You get in a Ford and it drives like a truck. Same thing with the Ram. Um, and Ford's got some other options that neither of them neither of them have the panoramic roof. It doesn't seem like Ram's done that or uh, GM has done that yet either. That is a really nice option. You know that sells me quick. How many cup holders and where's my panoramic roof? Uh, I'm just joking. Those are both quotes from my wife. Okay. Um, upgradability, Chris, if, if you're one of our listeners is listening to the show, they probably care about more about what can they do to the truck after they buy it than maybe necessarily what did the truck come like from the factory? Um, walk me through that 2019 Cummins, man. What are their options out there? Well, I mean, first and foremost, it's going to depend on what application they have. Do they have the standard output with the 68? Do they have the high output with the ASIN? Because that's going to more or less position you uh, to two different power outputs uh, when tuned, you know, just as we're a baseline from the factory. And a lot of that is uh, held back by the transmission and what the trans can support to the ground power wise. Um, you know, there's no secret here. When we talk about the three platforms, Ram seem like in the 2500 arena, Ram's going to be the bottom of the barrel power output wise. Um, and even tuned, um, the, the benefits that you're going to gain are not going to be as great as, you know, the other two being compared to, um, you know, there's other steps and things that need to come into the mix in order to, you know, bump up that power to make it uh, competitive with, you know, the Chevy or the, or the Ford, but, you know, you get one of these trucks tune only, you know, if you get into one of the high output trucks, you could crack the 500 horsepower with just tunes. Um, if you have a 68 RFE, the 2,500, uh, style truck, you know, you're, you can go up 110 horsepower, get you into that, you know, upper 400 range. And then with uh, a couple of small modifications in the trans, you know, you could etch your way into that 500 horse range as well. Um, the thing that's crazy here is, is when you talk about the power and something that Nick touched on earlier, you know, like the L5P, the L5P engine took a couple notes from Cummins and how the Cummins is known for low end torque. You know, there's always this correlation with an inline six diesel and being torquey okay when you get into the v8s you know you always have this like higher performance engine feel where it makes power in the mid-range and then the top end um you know the cummins loves especially the six seven and the new style you know motor that's out it loves low rpm you know 1100 rpm it loves to sit at 1100 rpm and just lug and it has the power more importantly the torque to pull through it in a very violent way i mean that truck can pull a house down to say the least um now, to get to some of the power levels that these other trucks are at, you know, you'd have to throw turbochargers into the mix and things like that. But anyone that I've talked to so far, myself included with, you know, our, the 19 Dually, you know, at tune only, man, they are definitely impressive to say the least. Okay, excellent. So definitely got some options out there about what you can do and how far you can take it. Um, what do you think are some of the limitations of that truck as far as upgrades, Chris? Where where would you suggest somebody maybe hits the pause button and rethinks going any further? Um, I mean, you know, 
dealing with, you know, the people that I've dealt with over the years and, you know, understanding people's needs and wants, 600 horsepower is really that sweet spot of towing capability, reliability, and fun having on the weekends. Um, and, you know, the 6.7 can definitely get you there. You know, a newer ramp can get you there with, you know, a few upgrades. Um, you know, sky's the limit on any of these trucks if you you have the, the money and the resources and, and the time to invest. Um, but I would say, you know, on the 6.7, you know, you throw a small turbocharger upgrade on there. You have tuning to support that. And, you know, you, you do some minor transmission upgrades if it's a 68. You could have a reliable, daily-driven turnkey truck any day of the week. That's a nice option to look at. Uh, Nick, I know I know we can do pretty similar power numbers out of the Duramax. Why don't you walk us through it, man? What what are our L5P customers going to be looking at doing once they're they're ready to go to the next level on their trucks? Yeah, I think it's important to establish a baseline first. And the L5P, typically dyno is about 405 on our dyno. So the Ford's 395. 400 ish in the Rams 340 on the SO and 360 on the HO. So it's a, it's a strong performer on our dyno to start. Uh, tuned. Now these trucks are expensive to tune. Uh, you're looking at currently about $4,000, $4,500, depending on give or take. Um, hopefully that comes down in the near future. Uh, but Either way, in the short term, it's unlikely it's going to come down before below $2,500 to tune the truck. However, if you do tune the truck, 550 horsepower is definitely on the table. Um, at that level, you have 550 rear wheel, 1,200 rear wheel foot pound. If you want to go to 1,400 rear wheel on the torque, you're going to you're going to put a hurting on the on the Allison, and that's really the limitation on on the GM at that point. So, you know. Next upgrade would be the transmission. Once the trans is solid, then you're out of air. So uh, we're working on currently a stealth for the L5P. Um, once that's out, I think the fuel system is is good for, man, the, the Denso fuel system on that truck is, is very strong. Uh, we've seen that in some of the competition builds. That, that fuel system can go near 700 horsepower. So Holy moly. You know, yeah, and I'm, I'm not advocating that 700 horsepower is compared to Chris's 600 horsepower. Right. Um, certainly, 600 horsepower is a lot of fun in a street truck. It's all about reliability and how you're using the truck. But I think somewhere in the mid sixes, you know, with a stealth turbo, a tune, and some uh, a mild trans build would be easily you know, within the scope of daily operation. Man, that's cooking, especially in one of the lighter trucks out of the three, right? If we were comparing them. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be a recipe for some fun on the road. Tim? Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. You mentioned that light truck real quick. Just, just you know, the the trans shift quality on the on the Allison, on the six-speed, when it, when it's tuned, is really good. It's, it's not quite to the level of the 6R140, which is the best, and Tim will tell us all about it. Okay. I, I, I got to agree with you, to, to be honest with you, as, as also a huge Duramax fan, um, I've said it on the show before, man, these new six sevens, they're just hard to beat. Tim, tell our listeners why. Yeah, so the, the new six seven Ford and kind of what I was excited to, to get into it after driving our, uh, we had the 17 F450 for a little while there, um, was just the power and, and what they brought to the table stock. So um, tune only, you know, you're about... 14 to 1600 bucks, depending upon if you want, you know, let's say switchable tunes and trans tuning and all that. We're about 1500 bucks. Um, and, and you get yourself a, about a 210, 220 rear wheel horsepower with that. Um, so you, you start in just under 400, around 390 to the rear wheels. Um, and, and you finish up with the biggest tune. Um, you know, I, my truck's even got a stock air box and we did 606 to the rear tire with that guy and, and somewhere around 1230, 1240 foot pounds of torque. Um, transmission tuning with some line pressure and some other, some other logic there. And, um, and the truck's a really strong runner. It's got the air. It's got the fuel. It's got, you know, it's got the drive line to put to the ground. Um, there's, there's not much I would, I would want to do to the truck. I've, I've messed around with, uh, trying to put some uh, methanol injection and stuff on there just to get it a little bit further. But as far as your average person, you know, that 600 horsepower mark, like Chris was talking about is, is really the go-to, I think, as far as, you know, having some fun on the street and being able to tow your camper or, or work in the truck across the country, you know, a lot of guys really don't need more than that. 
And, uh, you know, like I said, for, for 1400 bucks or so, you can, you can have something that, that puts both the other trucks, uh, to shame at least, uh, without 10 or 15 grand thrown at them. Wow. Uh, almost, almost feels like an attack on Cummins and Duramax there. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, Tim. Like I said, man, you, you know, I agree. It is, it is just hard to beat to get that type of, of efficiency out of your investment. Um, the cost of the trucks also varies though. If somebody was going out and shopping for a 2019, uh, there's some differences, right, in in what the the actual retail price is going to be on a used one or even on a, a leftover new one if there's any left. Um, Chris, everybody else commented on how nice the Ram interior was, but but you commented on how low the horsepower was. Do you feel like those two things kind of balance each other out? Do you feel like you're like I'm? I, I would be okay. Would you personally be okay going to buy a 2019 Cummins, saying? Yeah, it has less horsepower, but it has a nicer interior. Is that worth it? I think if you were to go and compare, you know, if, uh, I have a, a lot of seat time amongst all these trucks. You know, I've taken uh, our old 2017 L5P across country to the East Coast and back, and I did that half with half with the tune and half without a tune. Uh, I would I would much rather be caught in uh, the 2019 Ram stock hauling a trailer than I would the 17 L5P stock for stock. Now, granted, one being a dually, one being single rear wheel, there, there are some differences there. But creature comfort's a big thing. And I think that's something as the years progress and the truck manufacturers step up their game, their game with, uh, with, with different options, they become a necessity. Um, and I think, again, with Ram, even though the horsepower and torque is uh, horsepower is a little lower the way the torque comes in and the way the truck comes into its power band it really disguises some of that under a load um so for for me yeah i would say that you know the interior is going to outweigh uh the advertised power number because i think once you hook the truck to a trailer and, and really get it out and working you know there, there's really not much of a difference it's not like it's a, a 200 horsepower difference and, and the truck is underpowered the truck by no means is underpowered. The truck performs very well. Okay. Yeah, and just to just to help you out there, Chris, uh, I think the 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 Ram, uh, the Cummins probably leaves the most out there as far as um, what we can do with tuning, as far as drivability. In my opinion, um, you know, if I was going to buy all three trucks and I could only tune one, I would tune the Ram every time. Um, just the overall drivability, the overall experience. I feel like there's a lot left on the table with the Ram, and it's it's. I'd say the biggest difference between stock and and tuned would be the Ram, as far as you know, like I said, just, just overall I mean, driving experience. Kind of that, that, that would be the I one I would tune to first. At, you know, Paul, you mentioned all three trucks have different price points. You know, when you compare three equal trucks, Ford top top as far as expense is concerned. GM is in the middle, and then Ram is 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 the the bottom end on the totem pole. I would say if you were to look at optioned out trucks, yeah. But then when you start really pricing out and looking into it, I mean, a Denali, a 2019 Denali, is nowhere near the stature of what a a Lariat Ford or even a Laramie Ram would be. Um, you know, so guys are buying these trucks. Oh, I have a Denali, and it's they're really not that impressive inside. Um, so. As I would say, if I were to go to a dealership to dealership and test drive all three trucks, performance, feel right off the bat, no, I probably wouldn't buy the Ram, right? But I am going to be looking at the Ram because of the creature conference and the options offered and the price tag that goes along with that. I think you get a lot of value for what you pay for. Okay. You get a lot of comfort. You get a lot of a lot of features, a lot of really cool kind of setup. Uh, maybe not the best factory programming from what it sounds like. So, so you're, you're in some dire needs for some tuning there. Uh, but okay, I get it. Nick, uh, you're another one. Uh, you, you've had probably too much seat time in all three of these trucks. Uh, what do you think about the Cummins and about the power stroke? I think the Cummins is a great platform for towing. Um, the creature comforts are great, but they're balanced with the noise and vibration and harshness of the, of the engine. I'm sure a bunch of your listeners are going to roll their eyes at me right now. Um, and, and those listeners probably um, are in the target market of the Ram, right? But, but they are leaving uh, some, you know, something on the table with regard to refinement and, uh, and quietness in the cab. And there's a large portion of truck buying market out there who are, who are looking for that, right? Who are coming from the gas truck or 
who are uh, you know timid about diesel maybe and and that Cummins still might be a little bit too <laughs> a little bit too much there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely good feedback. Well, I think the to, to, to back on that a little bit too. I mean, I, I, there's you know a lot of different buyer personas in the space. When you talk about the vibration and the noise, like Nick's referring to, I think a Duramax or a Ford owner of a newer truck are going to be the ones to kind of note or 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 see that firsthand, as opposed to if you're a if you're a prior Cummins owner and you're going from an older fourth gen into the fifth gen or a third gen into a fourth gen, like they keep just getting better and better. <laughs> you know, they've improved as models yeah. continue. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, if you see, if you're one of those guys, you're going to love coming over from, you know, you're going to love coming from a 2009 or a 13 or whatever into a 19 Ram, no doubt about it. Um, yeah. With regard to the Ford, um, I I think the Ford is a, overall a performance. I used to say the Cummins was the best performance value. And now I think the Ford is the best performance value. Um, the Trans is awesome. The truck makes 606 rear wheel horsepower without... You know, without much drama, uh, the torque converter clutch, the strategy, the tunability as a tuner. I love tuning the Ford. It listens and does exactly what I ask it to. And that, <laughs> you know, that's just a personal preference. But, uh, you know, it's it's nice. It's a nice platform to work with. Uh, they look great. You know, I, I I think it's a great balance of a truck. Um, I've, I've recommended several of my friends go drive Fords. And, and I am traditionally a GM guy. Not that I haven't bought all all three of them for you know for the business, and uh, I enjoy driving all three in different scenarios. But I think the Ford has a definite place in the market space, and I, I think anybody who had who's coming to a three quarter ton or a one ton truck for this purpose owes it themselves to drive. I think that's good advice, uh, Tim. Any closing advice for our listeners today? No, I mean uh, since you know us being us, I think we should maybe talk about the emissions equipment a little bit. Um, and, and that was an, another big factor is, you know, we're, we're kind of leaning on the Cummins is that that's the, the bottom of the barrel uh, truck there, if you want to call it. But the, the lesser of the three, um, in my opinion, and from tuning them and, and driving across the country and messing with Chris's truck and especially our 19, um, I feel like the Cummins has the, the best uh, emissions equipment or the best tuning around that emissions equipment. Um, they obviously have a lot of experience with, you know, semi trucks, over the road trucks like that. Um, so I, I feel like their emissions equipment and the reliability of that is uh, is very strong. Um, not that the other two aren't aren't as good. Um, the Cummins is very good with passive regening. Um, the the Duramax, not so much. It, it will do it if you're on the highway loaded down, but it, it, it's more going to be a, a true regen style. Um, and, and same thing with the Ford there. Um, I don't know if Nick has any other input on that. But. Yeah, I would say I really like the L uh, LML. Uh, emission system and i think you know they switched a few things up on the l5p and you don't get as much passive regen and so the, the regen distances are a little shorter on the l5p which which is a little it's tough to explain to a customer that the newest generation of truck has a shorter you know has a shorter regen distance and doesn't uh, passively regen while you're towing which is something i've just come to expect as a buyer now um i i do think that the the cummins has the strongest emission system um, as far as uh, long-term durability and it just, you know, to go a thousand miles between active regens, it easily gets up into, into passive regen. Um, I, I think it's a solid design. It's huge. That's a big part of the trucks nowadays. And I think it's something that's very easily overlooked uh, as buyers are considering them. I think most often I hear I just ask, well, how, how often do I got to put DEF in it? Uh, well, DEF isn't the only part of the emissions equipment, right? Just like the EGR, like no one piece of this makes up all of it. Uh, I, I will say, Tim, I am surprised because I thought I agree with you that I hear about less problems with the RAM emissions equipment. But I, I, I do have to say, I really like the, the general architecture of the, the Duramax emissions equipment. The, that L5P bringing the, the SCR right up on the back of the turbo, uh, fuel lines that direct that shoot fuel directly into the DPF. I would have thought that we would have gotten better results. Nick, Tim, any ideas why why the Rams emissions equipment seems to just be better functioning? That's a good question, Paul. Uh, I think it's like anything in the OEM. It's a balance of counting, uh, warranty, you know, what's on the parts shelf currently, um, you know, and, and the experience of the engineering team. And 
you know, it certainly may have been easier for GM to meet uh, to meet emissions or to to get more torque out of the engine down low by placing the SOC or the DOC right behind the uh, turbocharger. You know, it, it's always a, it's always a trade off, right? There, you're trading one benefit for another benefit, and it's it's certainly possible that part of the improved drivability of the L5P pack and the improved torque output, you know, have something to do with that. And that Without talking to the factory engineering team, I think we're all kind of you know, remiss and speculating. Yeah, Best guessing it? Sure. I dig it. Chris, any final thoughts you'd like to uh, leave our listeners with? Uh, I, I think we, uh, we covered everything really well, you know, going over just the outline, you know, and our, our cheat notes, if you will. Uh, you know, I think we covered everything to a, a good degree. You know, L5P is going to be the most expensive to modify at this point. You know, the Ford and the Cummins. You're uh, you're going to be kind of in the same ballpark price wise, just to tune, but you know you're going to get more out of the Ford. I think at the end of the day here, you know you're going to have your loyalists that are you know loyal to a specific brand, and you know they're Ford guys through and through, GM guys through and through, or Ram guys through and through, and then you get those guys that you know cross over from time to time. And uh, you know I don't think there's a secret that as these trucks are getting newer and the technology improves, you're getting a better platform, a more structure structurally sound platform, you know, technology and just everything that comes along with these vehicles, it makes you never want to go back to one of the older ones again, in my opinion. So <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, well guys, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us, Nick and Tim. We, we really appreciate you guys being on the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thanks for having us on. Hey, I want to, I want to mention one thing last closing thought here, Paul, there's this, I have a favorite, op- favorite option for each truck that I wrote down that I just want to share. Um, <laughs> Oh, please. The, uh, the auto track four wheel drive uh, started in 2020 for the, for the L5P. Now we talked about 2019, but I like the auto track four wheel drive and can't get that in the other, in the other makes um, on the Ford. Um, I like the differential lock and I wish the other manufacturers would take note from that and allow you to lock the rear differential. Uh, that was one of the coolest features that I found on Tim's truck when I borrowed it is that you can, you know, lock the rear diff like, you know, it's, it's 2020. We should be able to do that by now, right? Um, <laughs> and then on the Ram, uh, not really an option, but tightest steering, tightest turning radius, man. Like, it's the easiest truck to park. <laughs> and I know I tell you guys every time that uh, I talk about the Ram, but if you are letting your wives drive your trucks, you know, less hassle parking means less curb rash on those 22 by 12s. And it's got uh, the most cup holders and the tightest yeah, turning you radius. Tell, you should tell Tim that. oh man guys uh i think this has been a lot of fun i think this is a great episode listeners if you have comments feedback uh questions you just want to talk to us get a hold of us man um you can jump on to fans of diesel performance podcast facebook group there's a ton of really cool stuff on there and there's also a chance for you the listener to actually be a part of the show. Uh, we're starting to do listener ride reviews. I'm sure you guys just heard Levi on one of our most recent episodes, and we got a whole bunch more of those segments coming at you in the near future. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Thanks so much for listening.